It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 176, entitled A Professional Boat of Rapids People. It was recorded on Monday the 30th of August 2021. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and as always, I'll be joined by my co-host, Paul Lacey, but also this week by Remka Sturis from Servebolt. There's a lot of WordPress news this week, and it's a little bit different because we get to talk a little bit about our own experiences and our own thoughts during this episode. Up first is the fact that the classic editor plugin has been given another year of life. Lots of people chiming in in the comments, deciding what it is that they think about that, whether it should be supported or dropped, or whether Gutenberg should have been here at all. Then we go on to tell our personal stories about how we started using WordPress. Each of the three of us have a different tale to tell. Then we're talking about whether or not WordPress contributors are actually listened to by the people who create WordPress code. We talk about the gallery block refactor, which is featured in WP Tavern. Then we move on to the fact that Google has had to create some interesting workarounds because people are trying to game Lighthouse scores with their websites. And finally, we discuss the fact that Google, with its Wing project, has dropped 100,000 packages to users in Australia. It's all coming up next on This Week in WordPress. This Week in WordPress was brought to you by AB Split Test. Do you want to set up your AB Split Test in record time? The new AB Split Test plugin for WordPress will have you up and running in a couple of minutes. Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is that it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress Block Editor. Go check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. Hello, hello, hello. How are we all doing? Nice to have you with us once more. Um, this week in WordPress, episode number 7604, or something less, probably less. I think it's 176. Yes, it is. It says in the show notes at the top there. Uh, episode number 176. We're here always 2 p.m. UK time, wpbuilds.com forward slash live. If, however, you're in the Facebook group, then you'll need to go to this URL. It is chat.restream.io forward slash FB if you want to make comments and you don't want to be anonymous. You may want to be anonymous, though, um, but that's fine. Up to you. If you do want to drop some comments in, feel free to do that. We'll try to respond as and when they come in. But enough of this introductory nonsense. It's important that we uh, we announce who's here today paul paul lacy's here as always how you doing paul doing good doing good i got a new dog as well Ooh. so that's that's cool we got a new dog yesterday fleur who's a little we, um, poodle is there any chance during this uh live that we get to see the dog she might, that... if she comes in the room yeah she was in here earlier i don't know where the dog ellie the other dog is normally here so okay. i don't know i don't know where she's gone actually okay. she might be with fleur but if she does come in then i'll i'll pull her on there Raise her up, and uh, yeah. we'll get to you see what she look. looks like. Yeah, I've seen pictures. Uh, you showed me pictures you, of the new you dog. Did. Yeah, she's settled in really nicely as well. Like, because she's the tenth tenth animal in this house now. Well, the chickens, are, the chickens and rabbits aren't you? in the house, but include <laughs> you because just for clarity, does that include yourself? Or? Uh, no, no, it doesn't. But yeah, um, it should do. It should do because I, you know, I'm probably. Yeah, they, those animals are probably cleaner and have better manners than I do as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I don't know how to segue 
in any way politely to Remkus de Vries, who joins us uh, on... Well, tell us about yourself, Remkus. We know about Paul. We know about me. Uh, tell us where you're from and what you do and all of that. I am from a, the beautiful province called Friesland inside of the Netherlands. I work at Sorpold, uh, head of uh, uh, customer relationships and partners. Um, and um, yeah, I don't know. What, what else would you like to know? Because I, I, if I start down this road of explaining <laughs> who I am, there's, there's more than one facet. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, well, we'll go with Servebolt. You can, by the way, just to uh, give them a pat on the back, you can go to servebolt.com and check out their their hosting offering. It is a hosting company, and they like to do things a little bit differently. Actually, speaking of which, let's just uh, have a quick look here. If you go to the wpbuilds.com podcast and you go to the podcast archive, uh, one of the things that you'll find is this little episode, number 243. And uh, it's Remkus, it's him talking about why um, why Servbolt are different and so on. So go and check that out. Search for episode 243 on wpbuilds.com and see what Remkus has got to say all about it. Uh, I'm getting a little bit of an echo. I don't know if, Paul, you can hear it. I'm wondering if it might be on Remkus' side. I don't know if you've got some headphones there, Remkus. If not, worry not. Or just turn us down a little or bit. Or just turn us right down because, honestly... We're not going to say much that makes sense anyway, so you can probably just interrupt as you see fit. Um, got a couple of people making a comment. Thank you so much. We've got uh, Ben Anderson. Hello, Ben. I'm not sure that I've uh, I've come across Ben before. Mm-hmm. If I have, I am deeply apologetic, but uh, nice to see you from Sweden. Very nice. And we've also got Cameron, who's always making comments. The mountain is back. <laughs> Now, that's Remkus. I was going to say, I'm looking around, I'm thinking, what have, what, what have, what have been I suppose that's a compliment. I think last time you were on, yeah, Hathor is literally 10 centimeters longer than I am, taller than I am, so oh. I'm not quite there yet. Okay, that's cool. he's also a tad, tad stronger. Okay, <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to be very polite in that case. The um. Cameron's always here, and I suspect that the last time you were on, we ended up going down a rabbit hole of like your weightlifting, and you. Mm, yeah. There was a video of you yeah. picking something up and walking along that looked basically heavier than anything I've ever tried to lift. Oh, n- look, it's a Swedish invasion. We've got. <gasps> I am sorry, but there is no way that I'm going to pronounce this name correctly, but I'm going to say Mans, which I bet is wrong because of the accent above the A, and then I'm going to say Thurston. So sorry. Um, to, okay, okay. Probably, I don't know what what Remkus said. That's no, probably that's not. But that would be okay. my educated guess. But thank you for dropping it. This is lovely. We've got some new people. This is really nice. And uh, first time live from Ben. Okay, great. Thank you for joining us, Andrew Palmer. Uh, as always, nice to have you with us. Strong work, guys. Working on a bank. I know it's a bank holiday, Remkus, in the UK. We shouldn't be working. We'll get in trouble later. Um, and man's works okay. Mon. Mons is more mm. correct. Okay, so Mons Thurston. Okay, thank you. Right. We're not here, though, to exchange these nice comments. Nice though they are, we're here to talk about the WordPress news and what's going on this week. Uh, just a quick plug for us, if that's okay. WPBuilds.com, that's our website. If you go over there, you can find all the bits and pieces that we do. Podcast that you can see here every week comes out on a Thursday. 
And over here, this is what we're doing now this week in WordPress every Monday, but we release it on a Tuesday. If you want to keep up to date with all the things that we do, hit this subscribe link and then fill out probably this gray form is the one that interests you most. And then we'll keep you up to date as and when we produce content. We, um, we've got a lot of WordPress news this week, but today feels a little bit different from previous episodes that we've done because today it feels more like we're going we're gonna to talk more about ourselves and our opinions and our thoughts about stuff because it was a little bit of a slow news week, although there was a lot of stuff that came out. So expect there to be personal things this week, a little bit more than normal. And the first one, this isn't particularly personal, but curious to get your thoughts on this. So long, long time ago, rewind back when Gutenberg came out in WordPress 5, it was announced that those people who didn't want anything to do with Gutenberg or the block editor, they would be able to use something called the Classic Editor plugin. And the Classic Editor plugin would basically insulate you and protect you from all things Gutenberg. There is actually a plugin called Disable Gutenberg, which goes a step further. But this allowed you to carry on using the Classic Editor. And it was said at the time, look, don't worry, guys, we're going to support this for five years. Believe it or not, those five years are about to end uh, by the end of this year. So December the 31st this year. Classic editor support is going to end. And so it has been decided. It sounds like a sort of a discussion between two people, Josepha, uh, Josepha Hayden Chomposi and Matt Mullenweg made the decision to, to give us another year to allow people to, you know, just sort of basically carry on using the classic editor. This piece explains that. It's over at WordPress.org. But then there was a much longer piece over on WP Tavern written by Justin Tadlock, which goes into more detail. And the thing that I find curious here, it's, it's the same story. He explains what's going on. But I don't know if you follow the Tavern very regularly, but you don't often see a Tavern piece getting 63 comments. And so this is a really hot topic. I'm never using the classic editor. I don't disable Gutenberg. I'm totally using the block editor. So there we know where I stand. Let's go to let's go to Paul first, if that's all right, Paul. Where, where are you on this? Because I know that you flip and flop a bit, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I think we're all going to have a different opinion today on this, and it just shows, and and it probably bleeds into the one of the other articles about. Uh, that we're covering as well about feedback and all that sort of stuff. So I don't know I had to even write notes for this one. So I've got a couple of things, a couple of points that I just didn't didn't want to get wrong because it's so fragile at the moment. So I th I feel like first of all this is good news for everyone. I can't see that um, the the practical outcome of this news is good for everyone. As in, if you if you're already into Gutenberg and that's what you're doing and stuff, then it doesn't make a lot of difference. There's something that, you know, if you're, if you're um, not, not using it and don't want to use it, then it's good news. If you're a product maker and you haven't yet figured out the best route to go, then it's good news, etc. But that's, uh, that's probably where the good news for me um, ends as such. And this definitely won't be a rant, but there's some points that I just think the, 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 the way that things are coming across is just being misinterpreted a lot by end users. So there was one of the things in the article that talks, in, this is in the, uh, the Tavern article, um, somebody, I don't know when they said it, it could have been a long time ago, and I'm trying to find the name of the person who said it. It's one of the core contributors, and they work for Bluehost. Was it? Okay. Oh, it's not Gary Pendergast then. No, no. so it's uh, just 
Desroyers. Desroyers. Oh, Jonathan Desroyers. I don't yeah. know how you pronounce it. Yeah. That either, but uh, here's the name anyway. Yep. I suspect this is the bit. So nothing critical <clears throat> of uh, what he said. Basically, he um, quoted a theory called the theory of diffusion of innovations. And apparently, I'm just going to read this out. The, there's a theory called the diffusion of innovations that looks to explain how, why, and at what rate new technology spreads. It separates adopters into several groups based on when they are willing to take the jump. Innovators, early adopters, early majority, late majority, and laggards. And it says, I truly think that we have seen a good portion of the late majority beginning to move towards the block editor. This can be also confirmed by the plugin's install growth, which is talking about the classic um, classic editor plugin, which has been slowing and plateauing this year. So a few of us in the comments uh, weren't too happy that we were finding ourselves um, categorized as laggards, which is where <laughs> which is where I sit, right? So, I think the 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 problem that I have and a lot of other people have as well is that we're sometimes arguing about the wrong thing. Okay, so to me, it's not the case that somebody like me who is probably never going to fully embrace the block editor is a laggard. I'm just waiting for a different scenario that fit, that fits me better and i think that that is one of the things that um that we'll come into later that people get annoyed about is that this narrative of you need to jump in all in on blocks and gutenberg otherwise you're going to fade away you you know your your product will die you, you you'll be irrelevant as an agency or whatever it might be so here's the thing right i'm not a laggard i'm usually an early adopter Right, but the things I'm waiting to adopt aren't there yet, and I don't think that they'll ever be in the block editor. I'm looking at my notes at the moment. What I think is going to go away is the classic screen. So you've got the classic editor; it's tiny MCE. It's just one part of the classic experience. You've got the classic screen, which had you know the the, the editor it had space for metadata, meta fields like ACF fields, all that kind of thing. It had all the SEO stuff was in there. All your different plugins that had something to do with making a post or a page, all that stuff went in there. And it it wasn't great, but it was accommodating. So ACF could go in there, pods could go in there, SEO press could go in there, Yoast could go in there, everything can go in there. The alternative now is the Gutenberg editing screen, which if you are using blocks is great, um, but it's very unaccommodating for everything else. So whether or not it's ACF fields or pods fields again, or um, SEO stuff and and those those kind of things. Now, what I'm seeing, you know, the narrative to me is saying that classic editor is going away. If you if if eventually it's going to go, you got another year, you laggards. Otherwise, you're going to be in a you're going to find yourself suddenly needing to adapt. And I just fully disagree because I'm seeing innovation in other ways. I'm seeing products like SEO Press uh, creating an interface purely on the front end and saying right. The classic experience wasn't great. The Gutenberg experience for our plugin and doing SEO metadata is worse and doesn't look to be getting any better. So, hey, let's put things where people expect them. Here's a page. You press this icon. You're on the front end. Your SEO settings come up, and you edit your SEO settings on the front end. Right? Same thing ACF could do it. ACF was just acquired. 
and they tried to um, charge people. You know, they were they were coming they were coming around to the idea of potentially charging people, and they are looking for a way to make some more money. Here's a great opportunity, ACF. Right, take your meta fields and have a little icon on the front end. You click it, and here's all your meta fields. Take them out of the Gutenberg editor if you want. Take them out of the classic editor place if you want. Put them on the front end like SEO Press is doing. Then when you get people like me. Uh, who want to continue to use Beaver Builder or Divi or Elementor or whatever they want to do because that is an experience that is designed for them and is an experience that is democratized by the fact that real users feedback and if they don't follow that feedback, the sales go down, right? The sales go down. Then to me, I can see a future that is different than the core block editor and is just an alternative route. And it's, you can use your page builder and all your meta stuff is on the front end. All that stuff around pages and stuff like that is on the front end. Now, if this doesn't work out for me and it turns out I was wrong, then I will move to another platform in the same way that somebody who goes all in on Gutenberg, if it doesn't work out for them, they'll go to another platform as well. So the, the thing that's got me and a few others agitated is this you have to go with this way, otherwise it's not going to work out for you and we're going to give you another year or you're a laggard. And I know that Jonathan didn't mean to call me and other people a laggard, but the opinion that is held by many that that is what you are if you don't go down this route is irritating and I simply don't agree with it. I think I'm an innovator and I'm going to go down a different route of innovation, I think. I might switch, but that's where I, that's where I stand with this at the moment. So, I think I covered everything on my notes there. Yeah, until the next one. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. Thank you. That was a really nice in depth. For those of you that don't know, Yoast have put this kind of like little bobble um, in the UI. It sits bottom left, I think, by default. Mm. Sorry, not Yoast SEO Press. Um, and you click that, and just this little panel just pops up from the bottom, doesn't it? And it's about I don't know. Two fifths, three fifths of the width of the whole UI, mm. and all your settings are just in there. And you can just dismiss it, so you can just do it right from the front end. It's very ingenious. I really like it. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so Yoast not... have done that as well, have they? Because mm. SEO. Uh, no, no, I, I misspoke. I meant to. Oh, say you meant SEO, SEO yeah. Press. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go to Remkus, who I think has a different opinion to to both of us. Um, do I? <laughs> um. So I think I think Paul is actually touching a different question. I think Paul, uh, by the sound of it, you don't like to be uh, added in the category of laggard. Did you get that that vibe? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I also think uh, your point is more about um, uh, whether there should be the option to have a different editor experience than the one default provided by WordPress, which in yeah. this case, uh, uh, the default I consider to be Gutenberg. The fallback is the classic. And then there's the variations in different types of uh, page builders. Um, and I don't disagree there, I, I agree. Um, I don't think, I, I don't see you as, and I'm, I'm aware that you're using a, a Beaver Builder um, extensively. I don't see yeah. that category, category of users as laggards. Um, to me, this decision is more about should we continue to support a archaic editor that is limited in so many ways um, after the period of five years 
that we've said that we were going to do it. And my opinion on that is pretty straightforward. I don't think we should extend. Just um, stop in December. Stop mm -hmm. in December. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I so actually it, agree. It's, it's sort of like, yeah. I'm going to warn you, don't do this. And then once they do it, there's no consequences. What does that mean? Yeah. It, we're just postponing what's going to happen one year down the line. If, the, if um, at all. I, I have absolutely zero trust in that being properly phased out in, uh, let's call it uh, 15 months. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's and, a curious and thing. To that, me. I object. And yeah. I get all the arguments of why we should, but come on, we've had five years of prepping this. And now it sounds like, no, we actually didn't have a plan or we've had a plan, but new reasons, this is more important now. Um, I, I, I don't see it. If this was in two and a half years, three years, sure. You're getting some agreement from Andrew Palmer who says, mm -hmm. yeah, there should be an end date and absolutely agree. I guess the, the end date has been sort of pushed forwards, but yeah, we're quite close to the original end date for it to be extended. What I'm curious about, and I know that my friend David Wormsley, he keeps he keeps track of like plug-in installs and, and how many uh, the classic editor has got and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just thinking, I want, and I, but I don't know those numbers off the top of my head, but I'm just wondering if there was just no choice about this. And what I mean by that is, there were so many people still giving terrible ratings for Gutenberg and lots of people choosing to use Classic Press. I presume that Josepha and Matt just felt that their hand had been forced somewhat. Um, obviously, that, that doesn't sort of chime with what Remkus was saying. I guess you well, rather that I just said, look, forget case, it, get on with it's it. It's been yeah. five years. You've had yep. five years to develop yep. a strategy to yep. find different ways. You've had at least year one, two, and three uh, ample opportunity to come up with a different strategy if you know numbers were saying or showing. Um, and I, I, I personally don't believe in the fork called Classic Press. I, I just don't see the point of that. Um, and as you say that, Dave Toomey drops in and <laughs> just says, fork anyone. Yeah. Um, there you go. Yeah, Classic Of course, we can. But this is this is a this is a this is a discussion much larger than than this particular. So right now, um, companies that do uh, that have uh, plugins or even themes that are uh, extending WordPress now still for another year have to extend their functionality to work with two different scenarios. And I, 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 I just think that's a wrong way to do. Software development. Yeah, stick with um, it. And um, so, if you have an installation base such as Yoast, uh, it makes sense to have a fallback. I'm sure. I, I don't know uh, their stance on extending. I don't know, but I can imagine there be reasoning in terms of, you know, this is forcing us to yet, yet continue supporting all the cool stuff we're doing in Gutenberg. We still can do in the classic, but we still have to find a way to sort of integrate. So that's postponing maybe some innovative stuff they had lined up. I don't know. Um, but if you're a smaller outfit, it's even worse because then yeah. the strain is much harder on you know the few developers that you do have. I, I, I just think this is going about it the wrong way. Um, um, actually, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I agree with you, Paul, largely. Hmm. Um, I just think the on the on the specific topic of classic editor extending, are we doing this? Should we be doing this? I'm I'm on the no side of things. 
It was really curious in the in the WP Tavern article. I mean, you, you, like I said, you don't get this many comments usually, but uh, lots and lots of comments kind of falling on both sides. There's David, <laughs> our good friend David, saying that he sort of feels... Uh, well, I won't. I won't speak for him. You can you can read his comment if you like. But lots and lots of guys. It is what's happening though. You now have until December twenty twenty two. If you're using the the classic editor, and go and read go and read David's comments. Go and read Paul's comments as well because they're quite interesting. Paul, you were sort of advocating that you wished Gutenberg had been a, a plugin, but it also had occupied just a smaller amount of space, right? Yeah, I probably flip right. flopped on that now though. But um, after after you know commenting on this article and thinking deeper about this. Um, I was thinking about this all the way when I was driving like an hour to go and collect this dog and then an hour coming back, I was on my own collecting this dog and I was thinking through the whole thing on that. And I think, um, first of all, uh, Dave Toomey, hi Dave. Um, I, I'm I'm not really also in support of the classic press fork. I think it's a, a great idea and everything, but I think that the classic WordPress is outdated and we do need a new a new thing. But what I'm kind of looking at is just an alternative new thing to the way that uh, is sort of prescribed through the Gutenberg project and the block editor. And I think that the, the main problem that needs to be solved before this deadline is what does replace TinyMCE? Because there's all sorts, there's tons and tons of different places where TinyMCE is used in form builders, in uh, WooCommerce for things like um, short descriptions, um, ACF, uh, full you know f full uh, WYSIWYG um, fields, pods, WYSIWYG fields, toolset, WYSIWYG fields. I think um, <clears throat> all of those different places. I think that um, the a lot of the bigger product companies like the Elementors and the page builders and stuff like that have been sitting, this is just a prediction. I think they've been sitting back and looking to see, can we use Gutenberg? Can we can we actually use it within our product? And I think that the, the answer will be no in a lot of cases. And they have two options in a way. Do they make it so their product ships with classic the classic editor, TinyMCE, which was would be kind of silly because lots of plugins would need to suddenly ship it, like form plugins and, and this would all need to ship this tiny mc editor or do each of them think do you know what it's it's time for us to you know if that's going to get removed from core so we can't just hook into it and it appears in our place then we'll replace it with a more modern text editor that is perfect for little snippets but formatted text whether it's markdown or something like that so i think that because we know it's going to go away those big products will either decide to integrate with the gutenberg for the little spaces where text goes or they will use a different type of text editor. I think that's what I'm waiting to see what it will be. Um, I don't really know what those what the other options are to TinyMC, but I can't see, for instance, that you pop open Elementor or Beaver Builder and the edit and the editorial text bit that you edit in there is a Gutenberg instance inside the page builder. If if TinyMC goes away, something has to go there. And I don't know what that is, and that's why I'm, that's the one, the one missing link to what I, what I'm not sure is is going to happen. Yeah, I don't know if any a... of that made sense. Actually, sorry. Go on, Remkus. Oh, you're muted. You are. You're muted. I think you've maybe muted yourself, or someone was entering the building, so I had to mute myself. Apply. Yep. Thank you. 
No, but I, I, I agree with that, that that's, that's an area that still needs to be solved as well. Um, there's lots of places all around WordPress that, um, you know, don't need a full-blown editor, but need some place to have some text that you can, at least from a WYSIWYG point of view, do, 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 do stuff with. Um, take, but, take WooCommerce, but, for instance. I don't, I don't think that WooCommerce will try and recreate its product screen eventually with, with using the class, not the classic, the new block. I think that they'll go, do you know what? Um, the best way to edit a product is like this. There's, you know, the, the, the text area is one of 20 ingredients on a product description. You know, so I think that they will yeah. find a more in, in, innovative way. I, I don't way know that, which route they're going, uh, no. uh, but in, 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 in all honesty, I would have expected them to have a better integration with Gutenberg at this time. Okay. Um, very much I'm going to just call time on this one article because we've done crikey, we've done 35 minutes on it. Mm. But I just will put a couple of comments in because it's quite nice to have these coming through. Cameron says, um, I'm not sure the classic post editing editor experience will ever go away. The block editor requires the post type to support the REST API. And to get rid of it, they'd have to remove that setting and make every post type publicly accessible in the REST API, which would go down like a lead balloon. Thank you for those thoughts. Um, we've already mentioned that. Andrew Palmer is back saying the problem with the Gutenberg is still in beta. It's just not ready, hence the extension. And he also goes on to say, we're also not looking at it from a user perspective. We're looking at it from a developer's perspective. If you're a user, Gutenberg is easier for general publishing. Yep, I'd agree with that, especially just text and pictures. So good. Um, plus, Gutenberg is not compatible with Woo. That's a biggie. And finally... Um, Peter, hello, Peter. Nice to have you with us again. WP Core following a path doesn't prevent um, plugins from being developed by others to maintain the classic experience. And there's a classic editor block. Good point. You wonder if in the future somebody will come up with something perhaps even commercially available that's the classic editor experience being maintained by a, a third-party developer. You never know. Okay. Let's um, let's press on if that's all right. We're going to move now to, like I say, there's a there's a sort of thread running through this, and obviously we allow we're we're allowing ourselves to express our opinions more in this episode, perhaps than we would normally. And mm. here's a time for some stories from us all. <laughs> this is this is on a on a bashed, just sort of personal reflections because this week again, Justin Tadlock. No apologies. I'm going to mention Justin Tadlock and the Tavern an awful lot this week. Um, he was mentioning, he was linking to a Jeff Chandler post on WP Mainline where he shared his journey about getting into WordPress. And so we just thought, well, time that I wrote a piece telling everybody why I got, I got into WordPress. <laughs> Highly encourage you to read it, but um, that's not the point. Let's go over to us and see why on earth we, because obviously, you know, here we are kind of, we get into the conversations. We love WordPress. We moan about it from time to time and things that go wrong in the community and so on. I'm just curious. I'll start. The reason I use WordPress because I was using Drupal. I was building everything initially out of tables way back when. Then CSS came along, enjoyed that, got into that. Then somebody introduced me to, I think it was Joomla, didn't like it, found Drupal, loved it, got fed up of the fact that um, Drupal would force you to basically reinvent everything every time they went through a point release. So when you went from three to four, four to five, five to six, you had to you had to do it. And when Drupal 8 came along, I'd had enough because it was a really big change. So I stepped into WordPress at that point because, A, it was easy for me to understand and it looked 
really nice. I think probably that's the reason I came is because when I first installed it, it looked a thousand times better than what I was used to with uh, Drupal. I still feel that at the time, Drupal was a better CMS out the box. It had way more capabilities, but I just couldn't cope with the fact that they weren't doing the backwards compatibility thing, which WordPress was. And so I could I could hook into that and think, okay, this site that I'm launching today will still be fine in four years' time, whereas with Drupal, I couldn't. That's my story. Who should we do next? Let's just do Remcus next. We went to Paul first last time. Tell us your story. My story. Um, so I started building websites around 2002. Um, Mambo, uh, if you don't know, was a precursor to uh, Joomla, sort of. Uh, it's <laughs> it's one of those stories. Um, so I had a, a few client sites, 15, 16, I think. Um, and then the whole Joomla thing came, and um, I looked into upgrading. I did two or three, and I just did not like Joomla. I didn't like the upgrade path. I didn't like it still gave me the same problems. I'm like, what is the benefit here? Um, I got frustrated real bad. And I had a fun blog at the time, uh, around 2004. Uh, that fun blog was on WordPress. And um, as I tweeted about it last week as well, I will not share the URL to that fun blog because uh, <laughs> not necessarily my proudest um, production. <laughs> But um, once I figured that, uh, and this was end of 2005 eventually, uh, I think, or early 2006, so the pages being added to WordPress, I had a revelation. I'm like, okay, so instead of moving the rest over from Mambo to Joomla and still being annoyed by it, by it I can move all of them over to WordPress. And I'll happily do that without charging the client, which yeah. I end up doing. Um, and the rest is history, I, uh, I would say. That's fascinating. So for me, it was the way it looked. For you, it was pages. What about you, Paul? So I was using tech, uh, a CMS called Text Pattern, yeah. which some of us might remember, which is, back then was quite similar to WordPress. I've just checked. It's still going. It's still a thing, Text Pattern. And then I was on. I went on this uh, funded course. It was when the government had lots of there was lots of European funding to, you know, run flying around. And I went on a course, um, a five, no, it was a two day Joomla course, actually. And the result of that course was I met someone in the course and they were like, it's not that good, is it? And, and, and she was like, have you tried WordPress? I was like, no, I've seen it, but it, it looked a bit basic. And she was like, no, no, it's, it's improving. And so I, um, so I was on TextBat and did the Joomla course and graduated from the Joomla course, a WordPress user, and uh, just installed that. And uh, yeah, and and it, it did cool things that I, I couldn't do. And, you know, back then we were building commercial sites um, in a sort of agency sort of scenario. And we were doing things like uh, um, putting all the text into the, you know, into the classic editor because it's still there. That's still the same, the same one. And let's say there was an image in the classic editor, we'd write some PHP that would search through the entire string of content and grab the URL of the, the first image it found to use as like a, a, fe a feature image um, scenario. And as you know, Nathan, I, I oh, then yeah. submitted a comment in WordPress um, 
WordPress's forum somewhere saying, hey, um, this is what I've been doing so I can get an image like on the news. So you got an image, then you got the title, then you got the text, then you click through to the article. Could this be a feature? Could we have like an image of some, you know, turns out it'd be a feature image. And someone replied back going, no, no, that, that, that's plugin territory. We can't, we can't have anything like that. And then about 10 years later, or <laughs> some year, many years later, Jeff Chandler uh, replied. I don't know if he was doing like um, one of those days when, you know, where you contribution day or something, just replying to old threads. And he just replied to that one, just to wrap it up. Uh, this is in core now. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yes, after I knew it was in core because I've been using it. Feature, yeah. <laughs> noticed the feature image was there. Paul, um, yeah. Paul is single-handedly responsible for the featured image in WordPress. Yeah, I'm claiming that. I'm claiming yeah, yeah, fully idea. claim that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We've yeah. got um, Dave Toomey saying uh, plugins, basically plugins yeah. for him. Good point. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and Max, hello Max, saying that uh, text pattern camp was the same thing for him. I was I was I was sent on a similar course. I one of my clients paid for me to go on this proprietary CMS course. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember what it was called, but but I just started using WordPress and I sat through the entire day totting. It was like, oh, this is so bad. Why don't they just convert it over to WordPress? Here's a game, right? If there's anybody still in the comments, just in one <laughs> word, one word, what's the reason you use WordPress? So, for example, to me would be plugins there he is oh i put the rude one up instead <laughs> um to me would be plugins i would be i don't know drupal drupal or pretty um you might i don't know what you i'm joomla yeah, the reason you're... i use is wordpress is okay. joomla. <laughs> so if, if there's anybody still in the comments stick one word let's see if anything comes through from that but uh okay there's our little stories mm. on nice 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 okay Wow, look at the time. We're already at quarter two. We've used 45 minutes already. Next thing. Okay, now this is going to get us disagreeing, I suspect, because we've been talking about the community. We've been talking about the fact that, you know, nobody listened. Classic Press was needed because Gutenberg got chucked into core and nobody wanted it. And so it goes. We've had that argument so many times. This is, again, Justin Tadlock. Justin, you are doing so well this week. Um, he wrote a piece all about the the fact that he, from his perspective, where he sits looking through track tickets every day, he looks through WordPress Slack every day, he's in GitHub every day. He, um, he, he's really bullish about the fact that essentially people do listen. He says, if you, if you contribute and you, you commit to the project, then people will listen to you. And that's what this piece is all about. It was it came about because when he was having to so I don't know if you know, but if you if you submit a comment to the word for to WP Tavern, it doesn't automatically go on the site. They all get inspected. Um, and somebody had put that. What was the point in commenting? Uh, and it says here, uh, I doubt that many will. Since oh, I'll start from the start. Start when? How do you say it, Remkus? Mat- Matthias. Matthias. I always say Matthias. When Matthias and Justin respond to comments and ask the commenters to supply more details about the problems they mentioned, I doubt that I doubt many will, since many of us already know that WordPress developers just don't listen to us. They may pretend to listen, but the evidence shows that they do not. As one other commenter mentioned, we are all suffering the tyranny of the minority. In other words, nobody's listening. What's the point in getting getting involved in WordPress? Because it's increasingly obvious according to this person, Christian Nelson, that nobody listens anyway. So Justin fires back with this piece, which he didn't intend to write, 
saying they do listen. You know, there's people, for example, he picks out uh, Matthias and he picks out Anne McCarthy saying, you know, they've got a fantastic track record of listening. My take on this is that I kind of think that there may be a perception that they're not listening. And I think that's largely to do with the fact that it's difficult to get the messages to them because you've really got to be committed to sit through um, through WordPress Slack or GitHub or track. You've really got to dedicate some hours to make sure that you're up to date with things. And so that's kind of where I think the disconnect is. People do listen, but it's really hard to make your voice heard. And I know that Remkus disagrees about this. I say I know. Maybe he's changed his mind. <laughs> um, 30 minutes without yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I think there's actually two answers. Um, and which is why this has been a discussion for as long as I've been part of the WordPress project, which is, so when I switched my clients over, that was end of 2005. Uh, and then pretty much in 2006, I really jumped in the, into the community. Um, but I, 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 I've heard those arguments from then. I hear them now, um, which, you know, it's more than 15 years. So that you would have to conclude that some of it is part of the, the community, of the ecosystem. Um, so in, in part, uh, I think that sentiment is a va very valid sentiment, uh, especially if you are experiencing, experiencing, experiencing it. Um, um, there is a, the other argument which Justin makes and saying that, you know, uh, you can and they listen and they um, they pay attention. Um, then there's also your argument. Um, maybe you're not using the right channel. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a combination of all of those things. I think there's... Um, uh, I think I, I also think it's gotten worse since Gutenberg. Yeah. Because that particularly is a project that has been injected into the WordPress ecosphere with not necessarily the cleanest way of starting and going about how to solve this thing. Uh, there's not not been a lot of input from the get-go. Um, there's been a lot of attempts to steer it in the direction of the multi-user uh, and uh, role perspective. Um, so I think uh, I think from that perspective, it's a very, very, very valid argument to think that you're not being heard. I don't think it's necessarily literally the case, but the experience is valid. Uh, so then, you know, what is then the solution? I think the solution is just not as simple and clear cut as we would like it to be. Like, you know, here's an idea. Uh, I, I created a track ticket or something on GitHub and I explained my problem. I see the solution. And then you have the committee by many, which either gets traction or it doesn't. And if it gets traction, it's most likely because you're possibly more active in other facets of WordPress as well. Maybe you've gotten some of the core developers or core committers of WordPress. Maybe you, maybe you're using your cloud there. Um, and um, you know, it it then becomes um, a little bit of who do you know, who do you have in your corner, possibly. Um, but it also. Um, it, Finding a problem, knowing a fix, doesn't necessarily mean that you also are able to convey the actual validity and problem to a level that uh, it's being prioritized. Mm. 
So it's a very complicated thing to answer. And there's no yes and there's no no. Uh, I think it just, it varies. Um, but the fact is, a lot of people have the experience. Um, and that is something that is still a very valid signal, which we're not doing enough with, in my opinion. Uh, so one of the things, for instance, I, I, I've seen and I, I go like, you know, um, I would love to see one release a year just focus on fixing things without introducing anything new because if you're if you're looking at it from that focus you are looking at all of those outstanding bugs there's bugs in there that's been there for 10 years 10 yeah. plus years we've recently seen solved a few in 58 let's why can't we do that that's also progress and some of these things are like like architecturally extremely difficult to solve because so much is involved because we have backwards compatibility. But looking at the whole sentiment behind, there's just too many variables to say that there's a, a clear cause. Um, um, yes, this is the case or no, you know, don't, uh, don't get so sentimental when your thing is not being valued. Um, yeah. 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 I, I do know what you mean. Mm -hmm. I, I think there's just so much, so many people contributing. So you've got to pick the channel. You've got to be committed to stick with that channel. And, and a lot of those threads are hard to pass because there's just so much stuff coming in at the bottom and you've got to read back through all the tickets and what have you. I, I was just thinking about it just now and I was just thinking, imagine that you were like Bono at a U2 concert and you just sort of say to the audience, what should we play next? And uh, and then you just get like forty thousand people shouting the same song, like their own what they want to hear next. And Bono's got a hmm, okay, what did I hear most there? Just not entirely sure. There was just too much noise. So uh, anyway, that's my take on it. Um, I think I should probably edit that out because it was pointless. Right, Paul, you? No, 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 no I, I agree. agree. I agree. I think that's a really important point. Um, I have some a different a different view as well. Um, first of all, the, the quote, um, Christian, I think it was, in the tavern Christian, article. yeah, I'll put it back up if you want. Yeah, um, you oh, no, it's on. okay. Um, the, the quote, I, I believe that isn't the full version of his comment. And it doesn't really change the sentiment of the article that Justin is defending the, the contributors to WordPress and saying they, they do listen. That's what Justin is basically saying. But when we do have a quote in an article, then, and sorry, I apologize to Justin in advance if I'm wrong about this, but I do believe that this isn't the full version of the comment. And the reason I raised that is because it was only a few weeks ago, uh, Matt Mullenweg was quoted saying that um, perhaps uh, going go, contributing to open source software is a better route to for education than the college or university mm. route. And basically there was kind of an uproar all about how damn privileged that sounded, but the but the quote that was pushed around the internet was just that line, and it didn't include the preceding part where Matt Mullenweg was clearly saying, um, if for instance you really wanted to get into something like WordPress, then perhaps going contributing to a, the project is a better route than going to university and doing computer science or oh, something. Yeah, yeah. Now that completely changed. The angle of the 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 furore that then 
came after, but it never it never got you know brought back in. It just stayed as Matt Mullenweg said something and how damn privileged he was to to have you know said something like that. So I just I don't think it makes a big difference on this particular article, but I am on I am sort of led to believe that that wasn't the full comment and um and that maybe some different context might have come out of that. But the the one thing I think one of the things Renka said um, that I interpreted in my way was that people have an experience of feeling like they're not being heard, which is true. People feel that, right? Because at the moment, I think the the Good Smoke Project has been one of the biggest problems for me. The Good Smoke Project is what is it's done for division within the the main part of the WordPress community. So there was always division, but it was kind of like a bit of a game. So you, we all loved WordPress. But like maybe I liked Element. No, I didn't. Maybe I liked Beaver Builder, and then someone else liked Elementor, or maybe someone liked SiteGround Host, and someone else liked Cloudways. And we'd all have like an argument about which we thought was the best um, route to go with that. But we were all generally in agreement that we kind of loved the loved WordPress at what it was at the core. And now there's like, and and one of the reasons for that was that WordPress back then um, was a, a simple framework that you could choose your route of your adventure kind of thing. So WordPress itself was was a, was was kind of like a framework and then the products were on top of that. Now WordPress has the Gutenberg project which feels more like a product that you've got to choose if you want it or you don't. And because WordPress is the product, we're all arguing about the product now. So within the the, the main area of WordPress, I'm having to sort of sometimes hold back on Twitter or for instance because I think hey, if I respond to that person with what I think, that's probably going to affect our friendship. And and it's like, how how does it come to that? That's kind of ridiculous. Now, for as for the people who have a feeling um, that they're not being heard, um, that I think that that goes back to that they they aren't on board with the direction of the project. So to me, the developers are listening and they are responding completely. But to me, it's almost like they were put in a boat, including Mateus, the lead of the project, including Josefa, they were put in a boat down a, a set of rapids. And they are a professional bunch of rapids boat people, right? <laughs> I don't know what those people are called. And you can shout to them, hey, go left, avoid Rapid. that rock. And they'll go, thank you, cheers. And they avoid the rock and they go slightly to the left, slightly to the right. And they, can, they come to a fork and they can go this way or that way. What they can't do is no matter how professional or good they are at rapiding is they can't use their paddles to go turn around and go back up a waterfall that direction is done so i think that what justin is defending is he he he's seeing p- good people you know like Anne mccarthy who we've had on this show and, and mateus etc working hard and all the other contributors getting criticized for not listening but they can't they they they're on a route that they cannot they didn't set. They were employed or, or they or chose to work on that project. They can go slightly to the left, Absolutely. slightly to the right. They can't go back up the waterfall. That's done. We're done with that. Yeah. So uh, that's, a, that's a great analogy. Um, they're called rafters, rafting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 100% <laughs> agree. The uh, I could sense I could actually see Remkus in agreement. You literally his body language is saying mm-hmm. this is right. Paul's saying Paul's making sense here. The uh, by the way, every week we can't we try to come up or I try to come up with I listen through and 
tried to come up with a title, and Paul, you've nailed it. We're going to call this episode "A Professional Boat of Rapids People." <laughs> <It's great. laughs> that's the second. That's the second one you put in the private chat that could have been the. Um, yeah, there's title. another one, isn't there? What have I but, got previously? But here's where the, the division gets worse. Okay, so Justin knows some of these people. You know, mm-hmm. we know Anne McCarthy, for instance, and you you know Josepha and 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 Remkus. I'm sure you know a bunch of other people who commit to core as well and all that sort of stuff, and. Yeah. And it's not their fault that no, they no, are working no. on a project like that. And I think Justin is defending them, but in the, his defense of that, it makes the article look like it's ignorant of all the complaints. Now, it's true that most of the complaints aren't articulated in a way that is correct because most people or, or just actionable. See, yeah, they see they see how they feel. And they're like, I don't like how this is going. No one's listening to me. I've said that I don't like Gutenberg. Go back, go back. And no no one can do that. Whereas you do see Matthias and the other people reaching out and saying, what specifically can we change about that? Well, you know, uh, the HTML attribute of this or the whatever. Okay, cool. That's great. We'll, we'll look at that. Um, that's what they can listen to. That's all that they can listen to in their position that they're in. So I think we have to appreciate them for doing that. We still don't have to like... The, the direction they were put on by uh, Matt Mullenweg's vision was the right one by anyone's opinion. And Justin Tadlock doesn't really need to stand and defend those people. I, I would have preferred to see an article that stood back from it, but I feel that Justin, because he's got friends, has felt the need to defend those friends, which is a good thing to do. A, a, a different take, a, a different take of a different type of article could be uh, here's 15 things that could easily be fixed because we have the ticket, we have the solution. Why aren't we? Because that's the exact same, uh, from the same argument, that's a very different sentiment, which I think also needs to be heard. Yeah. There's a, there's a nice comment which sort of chimes with that from Cameron here. He said, I opened a bug report for the block editor when it was first introduced in 5.0, which is a long time ago now, with a simple patch. A core contributor effectively said they didn't want to fix it, and so it took until 5.8 to get it in. Obviously, you know, from Cameron's point of view, that sounds like deaf ears. Um Max saying there's a disconnect between designer, writers, and developer GitHub type of people and the demands. That's a good point. We all come from a different background and our needs might be different and there may be priorities that uh, that we don't know about. So depending on what those are, they might come at different speeds. Peter, again, saying, I don't think too many, I think too many don't or can't appreciate how big this thing is, thing being WordPress, I guess. It's really, really big. The demands of so many people on the few who are contributing, most of volunteers, must be huge. I agree with that, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Huge demand, little supply, inherent chaos. Yeah, that's nicely summed up, isn't it? I like that. Um, And this was in response to Paul talking about getting on the raft that's already gone over the waterfall uh, he says, and th- that begs the question, why were they on that route in the first place? I'm I'm guessing, Cameron, to put words into your mouth, why did they go over the waterfall and not sort of get out the boat and look at the waterfall first and decide whether they want well, to? Well, it is an adrenaline here. rush, so. <laughs> that's a good yeah. point. Yeah, that's yeah. good point. Um, and 
Peter once more saying he likes your uh, metaphors or analogies, Paul. He thinks they're the best. <laughs> Just hopping back, we did get two responses to my previous question about what is the one word uh, that made you go to WordPress. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that there's a hyphen between these, so it's one word. Ben, uh, open source, the open source nature of it kept made you come to WordPress. Lots of I think all the projects that the three of us mentioned probably were open source, but yep, fair play. And uh, Cameron, very utilitarian reply. It was a job requirement. Needed to needed to take WordPress on for a job. Cool. Thank you for you too. And should we move on? Have we finished with yep. that one? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Right. In which case, let's talk about this. I, I really want to do this briefly. This really isn't in because I, I think it's inherently what we want to be talking about. It's just more... We've talked a lot about WordPress having to change and put in Gutenberg. We've talked about whether the developers listen. We've talked about whether we want to use classic press still or whether that should even be an option or whether it should all be going in December or at least support for it going in December. And then again, sorry, Justin, abusing your amazing articles this <laughs> week, the the block editor. And the reason that I'm mentioning this is just, just not because I think it's important because of the refactoring expected to land in 5.9. That, by the way, is the title of the post, Gallery Block Refactor Expected to Land in 5.9. It was just more that it shows that, well, there must be somebody listening because things are changing and things are happening. And that's what this piece is all about. It's about something that just that Justin has played with, tinkered with. And the reason I was curious about this is I wanted to draw a parallel with something that Paul told me and it wasn't in private, was it, Paul, the Beaver Builder no. thing? That's all right, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah I can explain it. Yeah. So what, what I was trying to draw out from this article is that Justin found something that he thought could be improved, and he thought that there were ways that something existing could be improved because there's currently two ways of doing it. You can do it this way over here and another way over there, and it's all about gallery blocks. Go and read the piece yourself, and you'll see what he's on about. And then it sort of occurred to me that, Gutenberg has these problems, but so do the other communities. So, for example, Beaver Builder has a similar problem where there's, you know, there's one UI to do this one thing over here, and there's another UI to do this thing over there. In other words, what I'm trying to tease out of this badly is that there is no community where everything is just perfect and swimming along. The Elementor community will be arguing amongst themselves about what should be happening. They so must the Divi community. <laughs> so will the Yoast community. So will the... You pick a community, there's going to be disagreement. And it's about figuring out what the pathways are to get through it. And so I just I just thought, Paul, illustrate what I'm on about with the, the thing that you mentioned in Beaver Builder, maybe. Yeah, so I think uh, when you've got multiple people working on stuff and... Uh, let's let's say the gallery, this gallery block here, um, was one of the first ones that came out, and then they did a bunch of other cool things that they prioritized, and then the gallery block was left behind, and that some ideas that were in new blocks didn't migrate into the gallery block. So in my Beaver Builder one, it's basically that Beaver Builder recently put out a new module for uh, a search form that you could drag in and put wherever you want. And it, the search form has two fields. It has the search text box and it has the button, the button. And then they had a leg, an older uh, module from the right at the beginning, which was the newsletter block, which also had a text, uh, a text um, input and a submit button. So they structurally had exactly the same things, but the new one had a much better UI for um, designing it, whereas the old one was still hadn't caught up with some of the new the new UI, um, more improvements that they've done. So I think that's what you're alluding to, Nathan, yeah. is kind of that this gallery block has had 
some fundamental um, areas for improvement for a long time and now it's been done and it does look cool um, that you can I don't know if this is doable yet but Justin's just showing that with the changes that they're doing to it as I understand it will mean that you could mix things up in galleries so put a video in the gallery put a quote in the gallery that sort of thing and um, I think it's apparent I don't really fully understand the article but um, I think it's something that apparently this this block needed um, yeah, and it really wasn't the. It, it was just for me. It launched the conversation about the fact that the, there isn't just this one perfect thing anywhere. It just prompted in me a recollection that you said something similar was happening mm. over in the Beaver Builder community. I'll just pass what this is. Basically, in in prior versions of the gallery block, um, you couldn't, as an example, you couldn't say, "Well, can we link this image to an?" Ex external URL and can we link this one to another one and could we link this third one to another one and that capability is coming down the track because of the the nature of how this is being done it means that in the future you'll be able to do all sorts of other different things so you can see if you're watching this we've got a you can see it on the screen, but if you're listening to it, we've got a, a three by two row of gallery images. Uh, five of those appear to be images, and one of them is like a text block, almost like a like a heading block. And so the idea would be that the gallery block could not just do images. You could put links in, you could put different headings in, and so on. So it, it opens up and it becomes much more usable. But like I said, that really wasn't it. It was more about it prompted the conversation, which I just thought every time I've been into a, let's say, Facebook WordPress group, it's never that it's all plain sailing. Right. It's never that everybody always agrees. It's, you know, you go into the X page builder group and you get the conversation of, can we stop please adding new features and just fix the old stuff? You go into another page builder group. Can we, can we add new features, please? I want a bunch of new features. This new feature, I really need it. Can we, and it never settles. We're never satisfied. It's never going to be perfect. And I see this just as it's writ large in the WordPress debate, but Elementor, Beaver Builder, Divi, yeah, Yoast, they don't have a whole thing. Once the community yeah. is uh, expanding uh, beyond the, the one, this is inevitable. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's and just I just thought it was different, curious. Different, different people, different tastes. Yeah. Um, yeah. To me personally, uh, the article felt a little bit cherry picking. Kind of wanted tell, to tell make us the more. same Go point on. as the previous. Do you think uh, you needed something lighthearted for the week to write? Hmm? He needed something kind of lighthearted that was yeah. just going to get some nice comments because <laughs> there was two two controversial posts in one week. Probably uh, he needed needed some time away. It was um yeah, like I said, the the article wasn't really the point. It was just it prompted in me this thought that it's never perfect wherever you go, wherever there's a community of like Rimka said. As soon as you get to something more than one, they're going to start falling out. And we just, we appear in the WordPress, the whole WordPress community. Everything has coalesced around this Gutenberg thing. And, and it just seems like a, yeah. it's just such a controversial issue. Mm. We'll never quite get it straightened out. And we've all got our own opinions. Yeah. yeah just yeah. try to try to read up and see where you sit on the fence. Uh, Nathan, or for, otherwise. The, for the end user though, this is quite a good thing though, because it is. I mean, oh, imagine a, yeah, like a, imagine like a client logo grid where you might want to link some of those logos off to websites or case studies and then have a quote from a client mixed in there or something like that. This yeah. makes this makes for a very appealing sort of um, tool for someone like me that, that builds websites for people. 
Yeah, just the idea that a gallery block could be more than just a mm -hmm. set of images with links. It could be something a little bit a little bit different. And yeah, yeah, and this problem exists in tons of gallery solutions out there, apart from if you go to kind of premium gallery solutions where you can really mix things up. So for something like that to be in the core gallery block is great. Yeah, it is nice. Yeah. Here we go. Okay. Uh, right, the, because of time, I really, I'm not sure that we've got time for the... the Ah, I want to say Matthias. Matthias. Sorry. Um, sh Paul Remkus, can we just flip right over? I don't even understand it anyway. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so fine. I'm just yeah. going to say there's a nice post on this website here. I can't even remember. It was only five seconds ago and I can't remember how to do it. MatthiasVentura.com. I'm just going to say it. Um, it's all about theme JSON and what he sees are the, the benefits going forwards. I kind of feel just quickly, it would have been really nice if he'd added some imagery in here. I'm not suggesting that it wasn't a nice piece. I'm just saying if it's like some illustrations of what he was trying to trying to explain might have been really nice. Okay, so... Can I, can I say one thing about it that isn't please. about the article though? Um, so he, he just going back to the, you know, do people listen? I actually had a, a fairly long for Twitter conversation with Matthias uh, just last it. week. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was very polite. We listened to each other and we, what we kind of resolved is that we were really talking about different problems, but we still had a good conversation and I, I felt pretty good after that conversation. But seeing this article in our notes, I went over to the website and it's just interesting sometimes to find out things about people that Matthias is actually a film maker and has got, you know, a profile on IMDB and all that sort of stuff. And it's just, you know, just, just knowing a little bit about the background of people is useful sometimes to kind of, when, when you kind of, um, you know, that they're having an influence in your life because they're leading on a project that um, controls you. It's good to kind of know a little bit about those people. And I found him really open to talk, to be honest. So it's back to our piece earlier about yeah. people listening. That's fascinating that you um, got into a long Twitter chat with him. That's really interesting, right? Well, yeah, because it was one of those scenarios that the article Justin talked about uh, highlights and the commenter Christian highlights that they ask for specific feedback. So a criticism will be raised and one of the developers will ask for specific feedback. And the person who raised the frustration gets additionally frustrated because really they were talking about something deeper. And it's, you know, it's kind of like if you've got um, some uncooked food served to you, here's one for you, Peter. Ingersoll if you've got some uncooked food served for you <laughs> and then and then you complain about it, it changing the amount of salt or pepper that you put on it wouldn't have made a difference even if it was perfect the amount of salt or pepper that you put on it would have made it perfect that was awful sorry Peter <laughs> but I did a bad job there but the, 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 the point was is that it's it is it is going to frustrate people when when the feedback is, well, tell, can you tell me specifically what um, you're saying there? But again, like I say, what else can they say? What else can they say? That's that's how they can, you know, someone complains about something, it, what can I fix? By the way, I can't go all the way back to the top of the river, but what can I improve? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, well, thank you. I, I'm Thanks delighted that you had a nice long chat with him this week as well on Twitter. Mm. That's lovely. And again, it does illustrate the fact that uh, 
they these people are potentially open to having a chat. So there we go. Right, this one. We're straying away from WordPress. The next piece. Uh, by the way, if either of you two, Remkus, Paul, have got uh, any sort of, uh, what do I call it? I call it the thing of the week, pick of the pick week of the or week. something. I've got one. We'll come to it in a minute. But if you've got one, if you can think of one, shove it in the uh, private chat. If not, we'll just do mine. But this first one is is not WordPress, but it is really just so, just found this almost like funny actually it's on search engine journal the piece is called google's not fooled by fake lighthouse scores so we've all been forced to be obsessed by um all of the the new stuff that google has put in our path um core web vitals all of the bits and pieces that make up core web vitals and and one of the tools which i'm sure many of us use is Lighthouse to to measure how things go. Um, there's obviously lots of granularity to this, and there's we could do a whole podcast on how that works. But uh, just fascinated today that people have been in, <laughs> people have been injecting JavaScript into their websites, apparently at the behest of like. Oh, stop it. Search Engine Journal, please quit the regularity that you pop-ups come up. Um, apparently, at the behest of like SEO people, you know, black hat SEO people who believe they're going to be able to quickly fix things for you and make your Lighthouse scores appear better to Google, they've been injecting this piece of JavaScript. You can see it on the screen. And essentially, what it does is it says, is your site being looked at um, under the under the microscope of Lighthouse, is it being tested um, for that purpose? And if so, right, clear out everything from that page and start again, and just put something really minimal, really quick to load, really perfect for a Lighthouse score. In other words, they're trying to fool Google. Now, if I had one piece of advice for anybody starting, my phone just went off. If I have one piece of advice for anybody starting out in web development, it's don't just don't try to fool Google. Why did my page suddenly do that? There we go. Um, just don't even try because they're not that stupid. They'll probably figure it out pretty quickly. So the guys from Google are basically saying, we know this is happening. We're not that stupid. But I just found it fascinating that, you know, along comes a technology it doesn't take long for people to try and break it and fix it and give your site a quick SEO hit by rewriting JavaScript and creating a new DOM in your page. What a what a the bunch idiocy. of Yeah, no. You've got such a heritage with all this sort of stuff. You must maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I maybe my belief in Google figuring this stuff out is a little bit naive, but it feels to me as if if you try to game the SEO system, it's not worth it. History shows that is what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, there's there's two components. Um, just always make sure that you're on the fastest hosting. There's ways to do that. Um, uh, there's some very obvious ways from my perspective uh, of doing that. And then there's um, actually three components. Get your fa- get yourself fast hosting. Get your front end output to work as fast as possible for the human experience. And then the biggest one, the most obvious one, is write good content. Yeah. But yeah. do not start gaming the system in in no way, because that will bite you in the ass. There's yeah. Like uh, like Paul said, there's there's a lot of uh, um, history as a show has shown us that there's many, many examples of um 
maybe even gray hat, but definitely black hat SEO stuff that just it, it catches up with you. And then you yeah. are in that constant race of wanting to fix whatever you you uh, screwed up. But you can just imagine some somebody sitting there just like one day thinking, whoa, hey, wait a minute. If I did this, oh, and then discovering it works, it actually works, but then not really thinking, actually, okay, so it technically works, but will it work in the long term? And, uh, but, you know, lots of people going out there and selling this as a service. It's lunacy. Yeah, it is lunacy. Paul, you, I know you found it quite interesting because I actually saw that you'd, you tweeted, I don't know if you saw me put this in the Mm, show notes or you discovered this article independently, but you tweeted about this. And did you get any responses from that tweet? I think I did, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But I'm not going to name any products because I've never checked the code but of these products. But there are two products I'm aware of that are very well known in and around performance. One of them is just a general performance um, tool and the other one is an image-related performance tool. And from what I understand, they both do this. Yeah. So um, they they have code that, and and one of them is actually completely open about it as a benefit and has even been on podcasts talking about the you know an, a sort of an analogy or a metaphor of of how it works and and why it's a good thing to do but essentially what is what we're talking about here is that here is your website it looks like wp bills or something and then you run it through this service and what the page speed tools see is almost it's not quite a blank blank screen but they don't see much and and if the if a human was to go on that output and um have the same things removed they wouldn't be able to use the website either um john Locke from lockdown seo he's also one of the um, panelists on dopey tonic um podcast i sort of saw him put something out recently he might have been responding to one of my own tweets actually but he he basically said that google all Google is just constantly trying to understand websites like humans. So anything you do to try and trick that wouldn't trick a human is not going to trick what uh, Google. So if you present a broken website that apparently scores really well, that's not going to get used by a human. So yeah, it's a case of be very careful the tools that you use. Um, if you want to know what those tools are, just search around on social media ask around and i'm sure someone will tell you what tell you what those two particular tools might be and i'm sure there's others but it's not going to work and especially if you're doing this for clients you're not only damaging yourself or deceiving yourself you're deceiving your clients and potentially damaging your clients if they suddenly get knocked out of google um, yeah it, it is quite interesting can yeah. i just Interrupt just very yeah. briefly there because I just found this quote and I thought this is probably really useful at this point. So John Mueller um, yep. from Google, who is often quoted on the site, that, that's kind of the quote. That's everything you need to know, really. He says, Lighthouse scores do not affect Google search. That's interesting in and of itself. Um, doing this kind of user agent cloaking is a terrible idea. You know, that's fairly unequivocal. You're just deceiving yourself. It makes absolutely no sense and prevents you from finding real issues. If you run across a plugin that does this, report it to the CMS poll. <laughs> the, the problem is, is that there is easy money to be made yep. by con people who are, you know, con men or whatever, just using tools that do this and charging companies to fix their bad performance on their websites. And 
There will be whole cottage industry created around affiliate, you know, courses to how to do this, how to use this plugin, how to use this service to do that. It just causes a complete load of BS. Um, Andrew Palmer, who may still be listening, I'm not sure. I, I saw him on Friday on the WP Tonic um, panel, and he was talking about SEO, and he was saying that back in the day, he would just for fun, just to show people. Um, do something, I forget what it's called, SEO bombing or something. He would do something that basically would show that you could get a, a website on Google in the olden days. Sorry, Andrew, I don't mean the olden days like that, but in the in the olden <laughs> days of, of Google um, and say, hey, check this what, check this out. Look, my article's you know top of Google in two days, but a week later, it was gone forever. It was banned. And that's what's going to happen. You do these, do these things and you'll, yeah. you'll get banned. I feel sorry for the people who don't realize it's happening, and, and also people, have, yeah, who've been paid to be yeah. <laughs> to be duped and be, be yeah. sort of slightly screwed by it. Yeah, okay, yeah. I think the, if you read the tin, the tin probably says if it sounds like snake oil, probably is snake yeah. oil. You know, <laughs> just uh, don't paint the snake oil anywhere. It's snake oil. Um, okay. All right, there we go. Last one, because we are running out of time. We've got nine minutes, and I just thought this last one was really interesting. So this is my pick of the week. Um, did either of you put one in? I don't think I'll, you did. I'll type one in. Yeah, you can do. If you well, Okay, in which case, we'll just do mine quickly. I just thought this was fascinating, and I don't know what I think about it, so I'm curious about what you guys think. So in Australia, there's a place called Logan. Apparently, it's like a suburb of uh, Brisbane. Sorry if you live in Brisbane or Logan and it's not a suburb. That was just what I took from it. And Google have been trying out this delivery thing called, um, what's it called? Wing. And they've been dropping packages at people's doors. So they've got this lovely, lovely aircraft. You can see it here. There's actually a much better picture. There it is. Looks almost like a plane with extra rotor blades in the Typical configuration for a drone, you know, horizontally as opposed to vertically spinning. And uh, and this thing has been delivering packages at a rate of knots. It turns out that every 30 seconds in this 300,000-person suburb, somebody's been getting something delivered by a drone. I mean, what? 30, every 30 seconds, that just amazes me. But what I just thought, right, for a start, that's weird. I've never seen any drone delivering anything around here. They're obviously not testing it. But I would be so annoyed if there were drones coming over my house every five minutes for the, that little mosquito noise which they make. Just imagine if we allow this to happen. Maybe this thing's dead hmm. silent. I don't You get know. a lot of free stuff if you had a shotgun. What? <laughs> Well, no, hang on. What you get, Paul, mm. is you get wet because the 10,000 cups of coffee that they delivered will mm. will be broken up you onto your head. Yeah. That's 1,700. So I'm reading a list of what's been ordered, and it's just fascinating what they've ordered. 10,000 cups of coffee, 1,700 children's snack packs, 1,200 hot, hot chucks, which apparently is roasted chicken, um, 1,200. 2,700 sushi rolls, oh. 1,000 loaves of bread. Basically, it's food. Yeah. People are ordering Probably food yeah. because these things have got a range of about four minutes, apparently. So it can't oh, right. So it can't really cool down. It goes out quickly, drop, chuck it on the, on the lawn, disappears. Yeah. Four minutes is probably wrong. I've probably misremembered that. It's not far. Can I blow but, your mind even more? Okay. What if I told you? Oh, that you don't need to have an Amazon Prime delivery to your house every day of the week. Go on. That's it. Oh, I can, see. Yes. yes. Can you imagine? Yeah. You, you know, you don't have to. I'm not. 
I'm not doing no. it. Are you not? No. I'm still. I'm. Yeah. You know, day doesn't go past. Ding oh, dong. Okay. Oh, what's <laughs> what? It's Christmas again. Just order a knickknack. No, I, I, I just I thought... fully agree. Yeah. Um, I like new technology. I like what it does. I like what it allows us to do. I don't like this one. I've yeah. never liked the whole concept of this drone thing. Like, I like it how you now have more options to make better photography films from a higher altitude. Love it. I know that they're using them in uh, in the film industry and perfect, right? Because they get to make shots that you normally previously couldn't. Wonderful. I just like, like, um, yeah, like, like Paul uh, saying that, just be a little bit more concerning in what you order, when you order it, um, scale back on it. I don't, I, I, I'd go crazy if that, if we were to have drones like, like that flying by here constantly. Like, just like I would the, find where, where's my BB gun? Yeah. I, the yeah. noise, just the noise that these things would create. And it's, it's like that Jurassic park thing, you know, just because we created it doesn't mean it was a good idea or something along there those you lines, go. you know, whatever. But um, I just thought it was curious. And I was really amazed that in a town of 300,000 people, one order every 30 seconds does seem like there's a, there is a route to market for this. Who knows how much extra you put on, but you know, if you factor in the fact that it might be cheaper than going to drive to get your coffee. I think we're going a little overboard with, uh, with these types of things in. Yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and when you look at it, if I put that picture back up there, you know, you, you look at the sort of advertising, you see real customers, real orders, real whatever the third one is, real drone delivery. <laughs> you know, it kind of looks like, oh, this is cool. This is the future. It, it, my opinion is that it doesn't have to be like this. We don't have to do this. Just, no. you know, I, I just found it This curious. is a perfect example of a consumer society going where it shouldn't be going. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Who, who, what company is this? Is it's it? Google. Google's delivering these things. It's Google's initiative called Wing. Let me get that right. Well, it's not Google. They have, you know, it's Alphabet, isn't it? The parent company. Mm. It's Alphabet doing it. And they're going to start rolling it out. They said in, uh, I think we'll launch a new service in Australia. So obviously expanding in Australia, Finland, mm. and the United States within six months. The capabilities and technology are probably ahead of regulatory permissions right now yeah interesting rem because this this is one of those things where consumers who are rejecting this can really kill this off quickly like you said with just a small little toy gun that you can buy at the supermarket i'm, I'm, probably... I'm tempted to say get off my lawn but it's technically not <laughs> yeah. on my lawn but you yeah. know get off my lawn it's, yeah yeah it's fascinating anyway there you go you That's know, from my... um, a political angle i've seen some commentary on this kind of tech uh being the greedy corporate company's response to governments forcing minimum wage increases. It's like, yeah, okay, we'll accept the minimum wage. Check out these new drones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Or yeah. these self checkouts or self driving cars. Yeah. I came it's across. Kind of like, we're going to have a problem if we keep replacing jobs with tech that, that, that um, removes the ability for people to buy the products. Yeah, it's just more. It's just more separation of the, uh, you know, the wealth, isn't it? I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, we it could go cool. on. It looks, yeah, it looks cool. cool. We'll give it that. But, yeah. yeah. Okay. With three minutes to go, Paul, you've dropped one in. Thank you. Uh, this is great. I'm glad you've mentioned it. I've forgotten to over the past 
WPMainline.com. Tell us why you picked this. This is Jeff Chandler. He's back. Yeah, well, you see, I never, apart from the comment that he did on my you know, forum post in, in the WordPress.org site, I never really read any of his articles or listened to his podcast or anything in the past. So I don't really know of the old Jeff Chandler uh, before he kind of had a bit of a hiatus. And so he's come back with this podcast and he has... Um, is it John James Jacoby on sometimes, and then some other people as his co-host? And I've just I've just enjoyed it as a new as a new podcast that's come back um, with a refreshing look on what's going on at the moment. So if you're kind of looking for more podcasts to listen to, um, I, I particularly enjoyed this one in the last couple of episodes. Um, Jeff was the the person who founded, of course, WP Tavern, mm. and then it got it got bought by yeah. uh, Automatic, and then he moved away a couple of years ago. And obviously, Sarah Gooding and Justin stepped in, and um, and he he was doing W uh, WordPress Weekly every week. He would do a podcast episode, and obviously that went away as well. And now he's come back. It sounded for a while like he wasn't going to be in the WordPress space for a bit, but he's back. And uh, yeah, here it is. His latest offering is main, WPMainline.com. Uh, go check it out. Thank you, Paul. I really should have mentioned that prior to this, but uh, for reasons unknown Big to me. Big fan of, uh, of Jeff. Yeah, he's fabulous. I completely agree. Um, right, that's it. We're done. There is no other things for us to say. Thank you for joining us. It'll be coming out tomorrow. Uh, if you go to WPBuilds.com forward slash subscribe, that page and click this little bot, uh, you know, fill out that form. Then we'll keep you in touch with when all that happens. Um, I don't think there's anything else that I need to say. I'm just going to thank Paul as always. Thanks so much. Uh, we've got some news in the, in the not too distant future about what we're doing with this week in WordPress. I don't know when we'll let you know about that, but we'll let you know about that soon. And uh, thank you Remkus for joining us as well. Do you mind just giving me a little wave? just like that, so that we can record it as our podcast album art. There we go. <laughs> I've got it. And we'll end the show now. Thanks for joining us. If you're in the comments, really appreciate it. We'll be back next week on Monday. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Bye. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>